Welcome to Language During Mealtime. Certified speech-language pathologist and children's book author Becca Eisenberg brings you creative professionals from the language learning and children's education field. With these ideas, parents can help their children with special needs improve language and reading abilities. Hi, my name is Becca Eisenberg. Welcome to my podcast, Language During Mealtime, episode number 67. Today, I'll be interviewing Becca Sylvia and Christy Stearns from Communications Community. Becca is currently living in Denver, Colorado. She works primarily with adults using augmentative alternative communication, but has experience in schools and hospitals. Christy lives in Florida and spends most of her professional time working for programs treating pediatric and young adult populations with autism. To check out their website, go to communicationcommunity.com. So I'm really excited to have you both on today, which is like great. I love Mm -hmm. um, talking to any speech pathologist, fellow speech Mm -hmm. pathologist, because we have so much in common. And Mm -hmm. not only do we have in common um, our name, (laughs) is also just our both of all of our passions for AAC. So um, I was hoping today to talk, do something a little bit different. Um, and talk about adapting books for children and adults with complex communication needs. So, but we're going to start off just talking about your website, which is a really wonderful resource. And I was hoping we could start off with that and how you developed it and, you know, how it's going and what your plans are for it. Yeah. So Becca, you want to, you want to (laughs) leave? Sure. So um, probably a year and a half ago, Christy, approached me and asked if she wanted, if we wanted to start a blog. Um, We both worked with a lot of um, AAC and it was kind of, we had a lot of similarities, but differences um, in what we did, which was really nice um, so that we could kind of have similar perspectives on AAC and just what we did in the field and also um, different approaches. And so we had a nice background um, that came together. Um, we wanted to make a site that was targeted more for um, like caregivers and parents along with other SLPs and related service personnel um, who work with individuals with complex communication needs um, so that we could provide information about some topics in the field of speech that were um, a little bit easier to understand or you know provide some information that was not as overwhelming as sometimes it it could be. Yeah, and I think that like, you know, Becca and I wanted to make a very inclusive site. And I think that's why, you know, we took a little bit of time to come up with the name and we thought that, you know, community implied something inclusive and something for all. Um, and we wanted to focus on, like Becca was mentioning, you know, caregivers who have individuals or who care for individuals with complex communication needs, a big focus on AAC because that's um, a big part of both of our, you know, our professional practice. And what I think is unique too is that, you know, I've, I've spent a lot of my time focusing on a lot of pediatric work and Becca has some great experience with like young adults and adult populations. So we've both learned a lot from each other just being friends and over the course of time. And when I reached out to Becca, I was like, I think that she would be such a wonderful person to work with because we're such, you know, we're very close friends. And also the combination of both of our practices um, would make something unique. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's great. And I also find it just like really um, user-friendly. So when you go to the mm-hmm. website for any parents, there is free resources there and um, a link to the Teachers Pay Teacher Store, which we'll talk about in a couple of minutes. But what I wanted to focus on today was the topic of adapting books. And I say for children and adults, because, you know, I work with children, I work throughout the lifespan. Um, and so I read books with children and with adults. Um, and I've been adapting books for a really long time. And I think it's one of those things that everyone has like a different take on how to adapt books. And when we talk about adapting books, I'm, I'm talking about, you know, whether that's adding symbols to a book, whether that's providing like visuals or some sort of like manipulatives with the book that could be like felt board pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like a way for the kids to get more involved in the book. And I think sometimes there's like a lot of words on a page. So in order to focus on some of those key words, we could add symbols into the pages. Um, sometimes I've added like back in, you know, a long time ago when I was like super into Velcro. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> not that we ever reduced the passion for Velcro. <laughs> Any AAC therapist loves Velcro, mm-hmm. laminating paper and color printers. It's sort of yeah, like yes. our best friend. <laughs> So anyway, so I, you know, I Velcroed, I've, I've used like clear packing tape to kind of to put those Mm -hmm. symbols in. Um, and sometimes I've used like a lot of symbols in the book. Sometimes I've used a few. So I was wondering if you guys, if you both could talk about, um, you know, how you adapt books and, you know, how you've been doing it also recently during teletherapy. Mm-hmm. So I, a lot of what you, Becca and I had a discussion about this yesterday and a lot of what you mentioned, we have talked about doing. So like taking, um, like wordless picture books, for example, um, say that we're working on things like prepositions, um, you know, posting or like packaging, taping, or like Velcroing those symbols and those core words to correspond to that image of, you know, the dog going in the box or the dog like going out the door. Um, Using a lot of those modifications, um, we've tried to get, or at least I have tried to get creative with digital books, um, doing teletherapy. Um, This is my first year doing teletherapy. So, you know, it was interesting trying to learn how to like copy and paste those things into Adobe and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'm still trying to uh, learn that as well. But I think that copying and pasting a lot of those pictures, again, like not using, um, not making it overwhelming, you know, depending on the student or depending on the individual that, you know, we're working with, um, you know, the Velcro is helpful because you can take away or add as many symbols as you think is necessary for that student. But um, I think that starting off with less and kind of gauging the student or individual's needs and adding um, from there, at least that's in terms of wordless picture books, that's been my best experience. Yeah. And I, I like that. I like that you brought up wordless picture books because there's so much language that we could get from wordless picture books. And like what we would perceive as like what we would say about a wordless picture book may be different than like what that child wants to communicate. About. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. That's great with the wordless. Or, or yeah. Sorry, I'm back here. Go ahead. Okay. No, I think it's, I find it really interesting sometimes when you show someone when you're looking at a wordless picture book and you have an idea in your head of what the individual might say 
or uh, indicate and they do something completely different which isn't wrong is you know it's not wrong it's just it's interesting to see what they're thinking Mm -hmm. um i also like wordless picture books because you really could use it for individuals of all um like abilities i guess so someone who you can work on lots of different skills using the same book which is helpful um i've also i've used a lot of um kind of the share screen feature on a device so if we're on if we're i might have some of their aac pages or folders up and kind of um as a reference that we're kind of focusing on these specific vocabulary today as i hold up a book um and I can, you know, using the mirror image on Zoom, they can see it, the correct orientation. Mm-hmm. So um, kind of trying to have the dual focus in terms of the the screens, which is a little bit harder in teletherapy, but it's definitely been helpful. Yeah, I know, because I feel like there's different ways that I've done it during teletherapy. Sometimes I've actually just read the book, just mm-hmm. held up the book with my adapted book, and then shared my screen with that particular app and maybe circled, um, annotated Mm -hmm. Zoom, some of the core words. Um, Other times, like I've used like Epic books, um, Mm -hmm. but then you can't really adapt that much. You're just reading the book and then you're kind of like sharing Mm -hmm. your screen and you're showing. Mm -hmm. Um, Have you ever used a document camera as far as, I know that's like another, that's like another way to, to also share some books, adapted books. Um, I don't believe so. Becca, have you? I have not. No. And I actually, I, I would say I do, um, probably like 50, 50 teletherapy and in-person therapy at this time too. So it's, um, I'm finding less time to really explore all the teletherapy, teletherapy options. Mm -hmm. Um, but I have heard good things about the document camera. Right. And and also like, I mean, as far as like how many symbols you would put per page, you know, for parents who want to, let's say, adapt, mm-hmm. um, let's just say a book for their child, how many symbols, you know, from your experience would you put under each page? I mean, I know it depends on the book, but let's just say like more of like an early childhood book. Um, would you put like one? Would you put two? Would you do three? Like, you know, what's your um, perspective on that? You know, I typically will start like, say we're working on the word go. Um, You know, if we're focusing on that word, I would probably only um, put the go symbol into the book or like circle, you know, like you're mentioning um, annotating is like, does wonders. um, And the whiteboard feature does wonders. (laughs) Um, But I usually would do between, depending on what words I'm working on, between one and two. Yeah, I would sometimes like, you know, maybe one word that kind of stays consistent throughout the book and then a few of the kind of more like fringe or other vocabulary mm-hmm. words that show up in the, um, like show up on a page, I guess. Yeah, just to give more context. Mm-hmm. Right. As far as like symbol sets go, because I know not everyone has access to, you know, board maker, um, or you could use lesson picks. I mean, that's usually what I use. Mm-hmm. Um, but for parents who, let's say, don't have access to those simple supports, what would be your recommendation as far as, you know, symbols to add to their books if they want to do it themselves? I mean, we're big fans of symbol sticks. We also do have, um, you know, we have a membership to symbol sticks. 
Um, but we also, at least for me, I do share a lot of, um, you know, my resources with families. Mm -hmm. So if I'm working on certain words or, um, you know, there are certain cards that I'm using, I'll make a document and send it to family so they could also use that. But, um, symbol sticks has been, has been a fave of, of mine. Yeah. And just sort of idea that I had too, as well, is that for families who have, let's say, um, apps on an iPad and you have the ability to like, um, either airdrop or email, you could take a screenshot of the page Mm -hmm. and you could email it to yourself and then print that out and cut out the symbols and then add it directly Mm -hmm. into the book. Um, another thing that I think that has helped me so much with adapting books mm-hmm. is that as I'm reading, it kind of helps like as the reader, it helps me focus on those words. Cause mm-hmm. sometimes without like the symbols, I might just, you know, each time I read it, I might focus on like kind of some different words, but mm-hmm. I know for me, like one of my favorites that I adapted was no David, which is a huge uh, favorite of a lot of kids. They love the book, no mm-hmm. David, um, because he's being naughty and he's funny. And so those, that is like one of the, like one of the favorites, but I've adapted. But one of the things that I like about it is it's sort of like a pick up and just go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have the symbols right there. I mm-hmm. think sometimes some of the challenges I have when you have more of a complex book, like the giving tray, mm-hmm. I know I had tried to adapt and it was I think a little challenging for me just because I felt like there's so many underlying sort of abstract ideas about the giving tree that it was harder for me to adapt. So, you know, when it comes to adapting books, I would, you know, kind of like, I don't know, like, cause it is a project to adapt a book. It doesn't just take Mm -hmm, five minutes or so. (laughs) I know that even if I'm adapting book now versus like 10 years ago or 20 years ago, it's still the same process. I got to print everything out. I got to, um, you know, either tape it in or Velcro it in. Um, but do you, do you both have like maybe some favorites that you, some books that you've adapted that you'd like to share with some parents? Um, so I have what I, what I've used in the past. Um, I like the, um, the polar bear, polar bear, what do you hear? Or the brown bear, brown bear, what do you see? Um, some of my others that I like have enjoyed are like the Eric Hill books, like Where's Spot, um, you know, books like that. And um, what is it? The Dog Carl. Or, um, oh, yeah, good, yeah. Good Dog I Carl. Dog Carl, yeah. That's, um, <laughs> that's a favorite as well. Um, so those, I don't know, Becca, do you have any... Any um, yeah, I was just drawing a blank. But oh, the like the very hungry caterpillar, mm-hmm. or like the very like those kind of series, um, are some of my favorites. Along with the um, now, I'm trying to drawing a blank what I was thinking of. But I mean, I, Dr. Seuss is always a favorite. Mm-hmm. I think part because I just like I grew up on Dr. Seuss books, um, and so I love using those as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and what about you, Becca? Oh, okay. I'm like, which <laughs> Eisenberg, I know. I'm like, <laughs> I know. Well, that's a good thing. We could all have like this great discussion. I mean, mm-hmm. you know what? Like I said, the David books, I did adapt okay. one of the books that I did for um, the Monkey Balloon, which is a book that I wrote with uh, Mindy and, and Yuki was an illustrator. Mm-hmm. So I did adapt that book because when we were creating the book, that was something that I was... Um, like naturally just wanted to adapt. But 
Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot of I have a lot of other books which I definitely could share um, in the post, um, mm-hmm. as well as like the link to adapting. I have like a free uh, symbols for adapting the monkey balloon. Um, so. I wanted to just kind of actually, I think it's a good segue to get into your Teachers Pay Teachers store because I know you have some great resources for parents and also for other speech pathologists. So I was hoping you could talk about that for a couple of minutes. Yeah. So we, part of our website design was to create resources and the purpose of it was for to make them kind of broad in a sense that it could be used for all individuals of all ages, of all abilities. Um, something that could be used in a group or by yourself mm-hmm. as uh, a parent or as a, also as a um, an SLP. And so we we try to make resources periodically. Um, a lot of them are, um, we have a lot of themed ones like around the holidays or the seasons, um, as well as we've done, we made a series of different um, bingo cards for articulation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so things that, like Becca was mentioning, um, resources that are easy to digest, are adaptable for like a bunch of different um, individuals, and also that are um, can be used by therapists. I know that you know you hear over and over again, like don't reinvent the wheel. It's all you know. It's all. <laughs> I think us as therapists do a great job of you know sharing our resources and you know playing off of one another. Um, but also, you know, so we can give access to therapists for more materials, but also something that like therapists can use and also parents can use. Um, sometimes, you know, materials are very, um, teacher focused or therapist focused, and it's a little bit more difficult for parents to know how to use the materials or to adapt the materials to, um, elicit different speech and language skills. So we wanted to make materials that were broad. And then we also, for almost all of our materials, we have an accompanying page on our site in our resources tab that explain very like, you know, in depth, but also digestible, like how to use the material. And if you wanted to use it in groups, if you wanted to use it, you know, in the classroom, if you wanted to use it at home, um, you know, so it, they're pretty broad, um, and they're all free. I don't know if Becca mentioned that. Um, at this time, they're all free on our site. That's great. I mean, I think because, you know, as, as a person who, you know, also started teletherapy this year, I've definitely, mm-hmm. I, I've joined some really great groups, but I, I love like those free resources because, mm-hmm. um, you know, it takes, you know, we always want to use like kind of like new material and it gives access to be able to have things that are free, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the other things that I, we didn't mention about adapting books and I think is important to kind of go back to for a couple of minutes is talk about what kind of vocabulary do we want to adapt the books with? And I know you mentioned core vocabulary and I think I just want to sort of focus on the fact that for parents adapting books, definitely focusing on those core words um, and also focusing on like some actions. And then one of the things that we didn't talk about was when you're reading the book and how it affects as you're adapting the book, right? I mean, as you're reading it and it's adapted. So, <clears throat> sorry, should have some water. Um, so, so if you're reading the book and you're pointing to the symbols and you using that, like that aided language stimulation, which is pointing and saying at the same time. Mm -hmm. But 
I think with adapting books also is that it encourages the kids to participate and to also Mm -hmm. like have that back and forth exchange. Um, So one of the things that I work on a lot with a lot of my kids and, you know, my adults as well is using those action words for Mm -hmm. sure and also showing them on their device and and modeling. So Mm -hmm. I just wanted to kind of add to that is that it's not, as we're reading, we're pointing to the symbols, um, but I just wanted to kind of open that discussion for a couple of minutes, just about the modeling piece mm-hmm. when you're reading books. Yeah, Becca and I have, we, that was something we also talked about yesterday, and I'm glad that you brought it up, um, like the aided language simulation, aided language input. Um, something that I'll do too, if I don't have, um, you know, the symbols, or maybe I started with some of the symbols in the book, um, you know, say I'm say I'm also like reading the book to the student. Um, And at first, you know, the first time we're reading the book, I might be modeling some of those core words or, you know, related fringe words. Um, You know, and over time, kind of, you know, that AAC modeling hierarchy starting, or prompt hierarchy starting to fade or giving opportunity for those like closed sentences. So a lot of books are predictable, you know, that you read or, you know, Um, say it's like the brown bear, brown bear, what do you see book? You know, I may like pause, give that close at the beginning of the sentence, um, following the sentence I was reading and say, you know, brown bear, brown bear, what do you see? Pause. And either gesture kind of give that expectant pause. So the student will, you know, I see, you know, giving opportunity to model when appropriate, but also fade those models as well. you know, and what I typically do is I'll gradually fade those models over time. So, um, you know, the child might say, I see one time when we're reading the whole book, but then over time, you know, they're saying, I see it in the predictable fashion, um, you know, any time that it's applicable, you know, five times, six times in the book. But I think also, the, the modeling is incredibly important. Yeah. Um, I was going to say more in terms of um, individuals who are kind of, I guess, in like the pre-literacy stage. Um, books are really good opportunities that I use too, just for individuals to request like more or turn the page mm-hmm. or all done or read it again. So kind of those, a lot of those vocabulary um, and sometimes either modeling, like pressing turn the page or pressing more on a AAC device and then turning the page or um, kind of waiting to turn the page and having the individual request that they want to turn the page or read some more um, are also kind of opportunities that I use. And it's helpful in books because you can get so many, um, you could use that word over and over again to get lots of repetitions, I guess, of using the, of using that same vocabulary word um, as a way just to reinforce it, but also doing an activity that is um, not just saying more, 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 turn, turn, turn Mm. without any kind of experience. Right, exactly. And I think for parents, as you're reading, it's it's a really good exercise to model language, like maybe Mm -hmm. just commenting and looking at the picture and be like, oh, I like this. Or I know what's also come up with teletherapy is that when somebody doesn't want to read, I have um, one person I work with where like a lot of times in the middle book, she'll want to stop and she doesn't want to Mm -hmm. She doesn't want to read anymore. So I encourage her to use negation. I don't want Mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. Don't Mm -hmm. like this. Um, So I think that's also another opportunity as far as, Mm -hmm. but what I liked what um, Christy had said was about the pausing. 
Um, I think Mm -hmm. that's a really important thing because, you know, we have to give our kids time to respond. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they need a couple of a little bit, a little bit more, a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, reading the book slowly, I think a little bit, you know, and giving that time to pause and see if they're able to, you know, let's say like fill in some of those sentences you start with, I see and let them fill in, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the response. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Um, I recently read an article that was on ASHA and it was about communicating with individuals who use AAC devices. And it was mentioning that you sometimes have to give someone like 30 seconds or so to use an AAC device to respond and to honor that, I guess. So uh, I think that was really important to see because I know sometimes if people aren't getting a response right away, you're, it's very, um, you're eager to model it or do it or show it, but giving an individual a lot of time and giving that pause can be really beneficial. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Becca and I, you know, we recently talked about that too, because um, in our most recent newsletter, you know, we were, we release our like best of therapy resource for the month, whether it's a material or whatnot. Um, and this month we were like, you know what, I know it's not something like tangible, but the expected pause and pausing is such a powerful tool to use in therapy. Um, so we actually, uh, we're going to, post it to our, it was in our newsletter, um, but we're going to post it to our site on Monday. And it does talk about, um, you know, the benefits of, you know, that pause and, you know, how it like leaves a lot of room for um, communication. Yeah. And then also, I just wanted to add one more thing and then we're going to finish up is Mm -hmm. um, just modeling that expectation. Because I think a lot of Mm -hmm. parents too think that every time that they model that the child also has to respond um, mm-hmm. And that's not true. It's one of those things that um, we could model with that expectation. And it's okay if the child mm-hmm. is not responding. They may not want to. They may not want to comment. And that's okay. I think it's another great strategy that I tell parents is to, is it's okay. You know, you have to actually model a lot before the child may be able to mm-hmm. use that, um, use that sentence or use that phrase. Um, but I'm really thankful for today because I think that we had a really nice discussion. Hopefully parents can... Um, you know, gets. A, I know that they're going to get some great information from this, and as well as I was also going to post some resources within the post on my website, um, so people could have some links to go to just to kind of get mm-hmm. to get started with adapting books. Um, and one of the things we may be able to follow up on a different discussion is like creating your own books. Um, mm-hmm. That's one thing that I do a lot on PowerPoint um, and Google Slides. So um, there's lots of different ways to do that. This is like a whole other discussion. But is there mm-hmm. anything that you wanted to um, mention before we finish up? I did just want to mention, um, you know, I we didn't get to talk too much about individuals with um, uh, visual impairments or individuals yeah. who are blind. And, um, you know, earlier in my, uh, this was more like in grad school, my clinical practicum, I... Um, I did one of my placements at Perkins School for the Blind, and I got a lot of experience working with individuals with CBIs and um, who are blind. And one of the things that I picked up and I've used over time for some of my other students is, um, you know, using manipulatives. So, you know, while they, a lot of my students couldn't see the physical book, um, we would have story boxes, which I thought were really cool with different... um, you know, tactile, like different materials and different manipulatives that would correspond to different um, features or story elements in the book. 
um, you know, say that it was a book about a kid swimming, we might have like a little jar of water, you know, for the child to get their hands into. Or um, if there was like a fish incorporated into the book, we would have um, like little like little scales or like something similar to that, like tactile effect. Um, And so we would have story boxes for different books to incorporate that into it. Um, And something also positive about, you know, while a lot of digital books and adapting, you know, it's navigating that has its own challenges in teletherapy, but something positive I think is that you can really enlarge the text. And there are a lot of books, um, or different uh, contrast settings in your computer where you can, um, and we have it on our site too, where you can do the dark background contrast, which has helped a lot of my students too. So enlarging the text and changing the contrast of the background, I think has been helpful adapting for um, those with visual, um, visual needs. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up because I have adapted some books with some um, tactile cues, but I love the idea of the story boxes. Mm-hmm. I think that's great mm-hmm. because we want to make it like a multi-sensory experience. And I mm-hmm. think that's also going to, even for kids who don't have visual impairments, um, just kind of getting that experience, a hands-on experience sensory-wise um, is going to you know, help with commenting. It's also going to be a great describing activity. So if you're doing something with water, you could use the word wet, you could use the word mm-hmm. swim, you could use the word, you know, put in or whatever it is. Um, but I think, or even like temperature, oh, the water is cold or the water is warm. Um, mm-hmm. So I think those are all great suggestions. Um, and so, and the thing is, is that there's no like right or wrong way. I think it's just about thinking right. outside the box. Yeah. So I, I think um, that's all, yeah. So I think with like any sort of book and any sort of book reading, uh, like the exposure is the most important part and you don't need to read every single word on every single page or have um, a like, you know, specific thing to make a book reading a good quality experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exa- exactly, exactly. And you don't always have to commit to that one word in that book as well. Right, yeah. You could have the ability to use, you know, use different words in that book. And I think that's the benefit mm-hmm. of having Velcro where you could switch them out. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so anyway, but thank you so much for being for being here today and talking about this. I loved having this discussion because- Thank you, thank nothing you. Nothing like talking about AC and adapted books. I love Yeah, it. You know, so you are favorites too. too. This is great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for listening today. Listen and learn with us at Language During Mealtime. 